Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame match play where I run down field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! Oh, 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 I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Welcome into 11 personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett here to talk to you about Kentucky's big win over Florida and get you ready for the game this Saturday in front of a sold out crowd against the LSU Tigers, their first trip to Lexington since the top ranked team in America was upset back in 2007. But first, like it, we got to talk about the game. And I'm not going to lie, there was a moment when we were in the car on the driving back home after the game where I almost just wanted to just like pop out the voice memos because I felt like we were almost doing the podcast before the podcast, you know? Yeah. It was like some classic, uh, man, how about that play? Which, like, I, I feel like we don't get as much that we're, now that we're in the biz, but there's nothing like, uh, especially for all those who grew up having to travel to the games, you have those moments where you're on your way back, you listen to the post-game show, and then you turn it down, and then, you know, your dad turns around, man, can you believe he made that one play? Like That's that. the best part. That's <laughs> why you do it. Like, that is – Going to these games is a time commitment, and it's fun. Um, it's great bonding, whether it's with your friends, your significant other, your kids, your parents. You go, you hang out outside, eat good food, um, and you do all that. But really, like, 
the drives, the wins, mm-hmm. like just the, those memories and those experiences are why you do it. And then like the drive back, I mean, that's just a, you know, I've done it before. It's a pure bliss drive back. Like you're just talking, like going through over the game in your head, talking about it, listen to the post game show. It was just a moment for a lot of people that they had waited a long time for. Mm-hmm. And you could sense it in the crowd. The place was unhinged. <laughs> from about two hours till I mean from the catwalk on like I was there and I was like man this is kind of different yeah like and it wasn't because Nick like it I talked about this we've talked about this on the pot it wasn't the Georgia crowd from 2018 no 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 that crowd now Georgia fans come in and droves had a lot to do with it but that crowd was more of like I can't believe this is real I can't believe like we're here like someone wake me up and this crowd was like, I want that gator head on a, I want that gator's head on a stick. And like, it's like, we're winning this daggum game tonight. And it was, and it just kind of built, built and built. And then it came to like a crescendo at when that, when he blocked the kick and returned it. And the, because before that, the, the, I thought there was going to be a, you know, a riot on our hands for some of those calls. Yeah. Yeah. They were bad. Um, and so, cause you could kind of see in my head, I was kind of replaying kind of the stuff that's happened in previous Florida games with some bad calls. We even heard Stoops talk about it pregame this week. And so, and that just turned it on. And then after that, man, it was just like, I mean, it was a madhouse um, for the last 20 minutes of the game and they were able to pull it out. And it was just pure bliss there at the end. You, you had a stat before the game where you went back and checked the numbers on all of the big Stoops sellouts. And I believe they were three, nine and one against the spread. Yeah. Four, nine straight up three, eight and one. Three, eight, and one. There you go. Um, Which just goes to tell you that in those big games, Kentucky's rarely even kept it close, let alone just win. So the fact that there was a lot of buildup, but I think even more so knowing that this one was attainable, because you're right, that Georgia game, people knew that it was, we're just kind of happy to be there. The Auburn game uh, back on that Thursday night, that was a fun People were there to have a great time. It's not the animosity with Florida, though. Exactly. I mean, like, the the hatred for that place, for that coach, for those colors, it runs deep. We've been dealing with it for years and years. And even though Kentucky got that win down at the Swamp, a lot of people didn't get to experience that. And there's a difference experiencing it firsthand and having Mm -hmm. them lose in front of your face and getting to enjoy that their misery just drinking up their tears and it was almost like the the fans were going to do whatever it took by god to make it happen and you know what they did they they mm-hmm. helped make it happen florida jumped off sides eight times uh, they had a delay of game on a field goal that could have taken points off the board they did everything they possibly could to help make this upset happen, and it worked. Uh, there, there, that win does not happen without the most unhinged crowd to ever set foot at Kroger Field. Just imagine they would serve beer in there. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like the fall wouldn't set you back so bad. Now would it? Two or eight thousand dollar fine. The fall starts when you because I've been in a crowd like that where you get a couple, and then it just becomes like. Oh, you know, we got all you, of them now. Then you think, like, we're really making an impact, so you want to get even louder and louder on all these third downs. Well, and then you've got Waka there, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we've got to go even nuttier, Yeah, you know? I mean. You're right. And I just think, like, when I was handicapping the game, the reason I thought, like, Kentucky would have to be plus one, maybe plus two in the turnover margin was because I thought Florida would win the total yardage battle. They would win the yards per play battle. Um, uh, and they did in yards per play, right? I think they won it by small margin. I think they were like 5.3. Kentucky ended up at like 4.9. Um, but the stat, if you're looking at the stat broadcast, it's uh, it's off because they left a couple plays off of there. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Florida won those battles in, you know, Kentucky was one of 10 on third down. But with that said, I just did not, the success Kentucky had a fit in the run in stopping their rushing attack, they held them almost half of their, like half of their season total rushing yards Mm -hmm. and three yards less than their yards per carry number. That's a lot. Had a 
bunch of tackles for loss, um, no real big gains on the ground. I don't think Florida had to play over 20 yards in a game. That's correct. And when you look back, it was kind of the same. The Missouri game was very similar. If you make these teams drive the ball and you don't give up big plays, it's going to be hard for them to score. Florida had difficulty scoring. Missouri just was surgical. And now when you look up now, Missouri's number one in the country in red zone touchdown rate. So there was maybe a reason for that, that they were able to score all those drives. But against most teams, this strategy is going to work. And I think you kind of saw that play out. You got some great individual efforts from people. Offensively, Kentucky did some good things, Nick. Um, Their rushing success rate numbers were the highest Florida's given up this season by a wide amount. They just didn't get the reps because you got to move the chains on third down. Um, so, but I think that can be a little fluky, though, sometimes. Kentucky on the season is a top 25 offense in third down conversion rate. They've been over 50% in every oh, game this they season. They were top 10 going into the game. Right. Yeah. So that, that to me, is a little fluky. Like, that's not going to happen every game. You're not going to just go, you know, they were one for 10 combined on third and fourth down. That's just not, that's just not going to happen. Um, so I'm not worried about that long term, but in a vacuum, that really hurt them in this game. Especially um, that the, the, so, if we go back to like the moments in the game, obviously there was the big game changers, the block field goal, JJ Weaver's interception, but there was a couple moments that were underrated that really turned things. You mentioned bad calls, a good call going UK's way, JJ Weaver not getting ejected for targeting. That was huge. Yeah. Um, no doubt. But one thing that the part that I got worried, there, there was a moment that I was like, oh God, this is, there, there were two. One of them was Florida getting the ball with two minutes left before the half. It was all three times. Yeah, total a classic middle eight opportunity. And you I got mean, a kicker that just hit one from fifty. I mean, what was Mullen thinking? I don't know. He got asked about it in his press conference. Yeah, he I watched gave it some. It was a bad excuse. It didn't really make any sense to me. His explanation. It was like, well, you know, if you get it a little bit closer, then you know. But if you, if you have a big t- bad turnover there, you set them up to score, and it's like. Uh, that's some, that's some scared money. Don't make no money stuff. Have I ever heard of? Well, that's him. just he's just saying. I I don't trust. him. He's regardless. saying without saying. I don't trust my quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all that is. Yeah. Let's um, let's get this thing into the half and let's win this with our defense. But that's all. And Emory Jones, like it was actually one of his better games. Oh yeah, I, I would agree. He um, made passing some good wise, throws. yeah, really good. But throws. Kentucky kept everything. You know, they stayed in their shell and kept everything in front. They're not going to let you take deep shots. You're going to have to dink and dunk your way down the field. And unless you're playing a legitimate top-flight quarterback, usually in college, that's a foolproof – it's almost a foolproof strategy because it's going to be hard for these teams to score, um, especially for Kentucky. I think they're just – they're so old, and they're just always in the right spots, it seems like, defensively. Mm-hmm. There's not many busts or this or that um, – well, I see Corker losing his mind time after time, trying to get people lined up. Oh, Square does it too. He really helped the young guys who yeah, are filling I'm, in for McCall. Yeah, um, I mean, Square is kind of – he's lining up the defensive line almost yeah, every yeah, play yeah. Um, based on where, where the formation is and whatnot. Right. Corker is like, you know, he's grabbing these younger defensive backs and showing them where to go. I mean, they've got like – with those guys in Pascal, they've got pretty much three coaches on the field. Those are all three-year starters who've played since their freshman season a lot. Right, right, right. And specifically Pascal, the dude was just he was, a maniac. He was crazy. An absolute maniac. And a big takeaway for me was, man, in this game, like when you get in these big moments, you got to have the players that just go make the plays. Um, you can look at the stats and be like, how did Kentucky win this game? But if you watched it and paid it close, there was plays and Kentucky's guys made the plays. Yeah over Florida's guys. And some of the guys making the play, Josh Pascal, major recruiting win. Trevin Wallace, major a major win. recruiting win. Wandell Robinson, a major recruiting win. Like we can – like Kentucky's a developmental program and that's going to be important for that, getting guys and developing them like a Chris Rodriguez um, along those lines. Tyrell Asian, who's been awesome this year, was a great developmental story for him. But at the end of the day, you got to get the Joes, you know. You got to get the Jimmys and Joes. Mm-hmm. And in this game, I think Kentucky won it because their guys, their Joes, went out and made some plays. Wandale took the screen to the house. Pascal was just an animal. Um, and then Trevin Wallace gets the ball and he mm-hmm. makes the, you know, if that ball goes to anyone else, I'm not sure if it's anybody, if Kentucky scores there. Yeah, no, no. But he uh, gets it and he, and he rumbles like he's, 
like he's God bless Bo Jackson just <laughs> down the sideline. And it was just, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was wild. I mean, and then that, that, that roar when that happened was, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. That was an all time roar. That place was shaking. Um, man, and you know, you mentioned recruiting wins. I know he wasn't a big prospect, but if you were ranking, if you were, re-ranking guys in the transfer portal Jacquez Jones would have been one of those guys right up there he's been a uh more than I think any of us could have expected uh and yeah we're I mean we're kind of forgetting I mean Jamin was great but you're kind of forgetting about him yeah I mean you know because he's still Which is saying plays, a lot particularly in the passing game you know and he did have one play you know I always I always lose my you know what whenever I see a guy break contain uh, and like not keep their outside shoulder free. He had one that was kind of, I think it was probably the longest rushing attempt of the day from Anthony Richardson, but they, they were able to keep Florida's offense in check for the most part, but there does come a point where you're on the field a ton. And that was my, my one time that I really thought they were going to blow it because you had two, this is the third straight time that Florida has been in Lexington and been trailing by double digits in the fourth quarter. And after that big pop and after you get the Weaver pick and you go down and you punch it in, you score a touchdown, you don't mess around and kick a field goal. I was feeling pretty confident that the defense was going to get a stop in, in the game. It was going felt to like it was going to be hard for them to score twice with, yes. cause they were going to have two more possessions. So they had to score on both of them. But when Kentucky didn't get a first down, when their offense comes out there and goes three and out, that's the, that, that was the one and that, that goes back to the third down conversions earlier. That, that's the inexcusable. Like you just have to move the chains there. Like there, there's mm-hmm. you have to give your defense a break because Ford is going to run tempo, and when you get guys in space like that, like it's hard to just even just to keep them out of getting within striking yeah. range. And yeah, it's but they got seven yards on first down too. That's why I mean, like how do you you got to get three in two plays? It was just, just third down. It. They just could not. They just couldn't figure it out all game. And, and, and it, I think that's I think it was going to be an anomaly of that game. Um, but that was really kind of – if Kentucky gets some more third downs, they probably won that game. By, they could have won that game by two touchdowns, the way it kind of played out. The uh, the way that Stoops, when he was asked to about the Wildcat, he got a little – he showed his colors a little bit there with what happened. So Stoops likes that play of like a Wildcat that doesn't look like a Wildcat because Levis is lined up next to him. So it's almost like, oh, we're just in shotgun, but oh, wait, the ball's going to Chris. You can tell that Stoops made that call. Cohen wanted the bootleg. And then, well, he, he, he got really assertive in the press conference. He's like, well, and then we run the boot later, and the boot doesn't work either. And it's like, well, maybe if you flipped him around, who knows? Now, yeah. like that, that's getting into semantics. But they've got to get that damn bootleg figured out. That, sh- that play should be money for them. Well, um, nothing. And they got to figure out that wheel route, too. They've ran it way th- too many times for it to get zero yards to that running back. I have a theory on that, on the boot. Ooh, um, bootleg theory. Let's hear it. Like, Kentucky's running a lot. They're not really running outside wide zone at all, especially with Chris Rodriguez. Freddie made that uh, point yesterday as well. It's a lot of power, gap schemes, some inside zone. Um, which I, I think is a good idea because that's who Rodriguez is. That's who he is, kind of a runner. Like when they're running outside wide zone, it's usually with smoke. Mm-hmm. I think as McClain gets going, you'll see him with it. And all the boot stuff is based off that. Um, they're running duo some. I think we saw some duo runs, um, which is like a double team on each side. So all the boot is based off wide zone. If you're not showing it, then they're going to like, they're going to know it's coming kind of thing. Right. There's no like the marriage of the run and the pass is not there because yeah. of that. And so, like that's that's I think the issue with that. So you got to kind of figure out how you're going to do it. Maybe it's just doing some like zone read type stuff with Levis. So, look um, at I think this gets to the part we're obviously going to you know be happy and talk about more of the good things that happen. But there is a part where uh, it was an ugly win at South Carolina. Nobody cares about the ugliness because it's Florida. But the offense has reached a crossroads that they have. They're stuck in a rut right now. And that was a classic. But they're running the ball, like they're at a crossroads. But they just they just ran the ball on two good SEC defenses. Yeah. I think. Now, what they need to do though, as I think, I think the problem that we have here is we have a coordinator who 
is still adjusting to the personnel he has. So what he has in his mind for how an ideal offense operates doesn't match the personnel that he has. So he's made some concessions. Like you said, Chris Rodriguez, let's just do a little bit more inside zone. He's going to get freaking seven yards. So why go away from that? But it's, it's kind of clunking up other things. And I, I think that it's just, he's trying to find a happy middle ground, a happy compromise. And I think it's tough. And it's especially tough to do against a Todd Grantham defense. That's going to press you and what's your ears off. It's just with that front, it was tough. Because they're coming at you. I think what they're really missing, like like Keaton Upshaw not having him, is a big loss. Because you want to talk about, you know, if teams are focusing on one Dell and you can run him deep as a decoy, you got to have somebody to attack that middle to intermediate area. And that that's Upshaw to a T. Like yeah. a big tight end athletic target that can get open on the underneath. Um, they just don't have that right now. I mean, it's it's – Wandell and it's Ali and those other receivers. I mean, it's just like hopefully we get some. It feels like hopefully we can just get something out of them. Yeah, and each week. So I, I like that's why a few weeks ago we talked about Wandell getting too many targets. I just did. I I kind of bucked at that just because you know we saw what happened last year. Yeah, you know it is what it is. Um, I know Wondell's good, uh, so you got to get him the ball as much as you can. Three Um, or five targets, three receptions on Saturday. Well, that 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 was he had six and four. That was they had a thirteen yard reception for Wondell. They took off there. Add to the stat broadcast. Well, they it was that was the penalty they had where they hit him out of bounds. Uh, Ah, so they marked it as no play when really the play counted it to dead ball penalty. Yeah. Um, But yeah, four grabs on six targets. He had what's like seventy something yards. Yeah. Yeah. But you could use more in uh, to go back to it. Justin Rigg just had a bad game, man. He dropped the yeah, pass. I, I like to know what happened on that boot. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just they're just they could really use Upshaw. I think he would kind of alleviate some problems. I'm hopeful that McLean can add more here in the passing game as we move forward through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know. I mean, they've thrown the smoke, I think, five times, and I don't. Th- I think he's got one catch. Yeah, it's just not. That's not working. Right. Um. So that's those are snaps. I think that are going to go to McLean here moving forward. So I mean, they're just struggling to find guys like Isaiah Epps had some moments against Chattanooga and Monroe, but he hasn't done anything against the Power Five teams they played. Chattanooga and Monroe. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you know, Cummings is coming along. Um, but he is what we thought. He's just a project there. He's got a bright future, um, but it's just going to take him some time. And so when you're really looking at it, you know, it's Ali and Wandale. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, and then it makes it hard on your quarterback, I think. Um, but Will Levis had a rough day, but I walked away feeling good about him because he did make some plays. Yeah, some busted plays like, too. The hurdle run to get it to fourth and short, like – We'll forget about it because Kentucky didn't convert, but to even do that gave them a chance to score. Gave them um, a little bit of a boost going in the fourth right. quarter. Gets the crowd back into it. And then the fumble, uh, like a bad snap or whatever it was, yeah, and he just yeah. lowers his head. He gets six, seven yards. The place goes nuts. Yep. You know, I keep talking about it, but the QB run, I think, it. you know, they could use it. Is that – if you're well, – let's let's – put the headset on Luckett, if you've got to make a change or if you want to do something to give to inject some life into the offense, is that QB run? Is that your go-to right now? Yeah, I would give some – yeah. I mean, I I think some giving some more zone read stuff, um, especially with this inside zone they're running, they're, they're going to be crashing on Rodriguez hard. Just pull it a couple times on that. And I would like to see maybe some QB power and stuff like that. Um, and then you can kind of fake that stuff too and – throw back and throw it. But I just think running that um, to get some – to make these secondaries a little more honest or with the QB run. Um, and I think Levis is good at it. I think he's a good good runner. Um, and I think it can add some, you know, an extra oomph to your running game, which is mm-hmm. already good. And you get that, I think it can open up the passing game even more. Um, so that's really kind of where I'm at. They're, the passing game is what it is, man. It's just kind of they're, they're a little handcuffed by their personnel in my opinion. 
just because of just depth just is not there at receiver. Right, right. right. And these freshmen they have, I think they're going to be good, but they're you can tell they're just not – those guys aren't ready yet. Mm-hmm. And so it just they're just kind of, you know, stuck. That's why you, I think McLean's big because I think he had a – they were planning to have him heavily involved. Pass catching, yeah. Get him back there, I think, is going to help eventually. I just don't know when it's going to be because it's going to take some time. Right, right, right. Which, but speaking of McLean, he, you know, when he came in, I think the, everybody in the stadium knew it was going to be a screen pass there. Wasn't the one greatest rep, but I was surprised uh, at how well Joe Williams looked out there. He was a guy, even in the. Yeah, yeah that was my biggest. My biggest surprise of the game was that, and that Justin Rogers. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked up. like a top 50 recruit. And, and where we where we've seen him before in games and practice, I hadn't seen that yet. Not even really even close. But it just kind of it was almost like a he got a switch flip. He's a gamer, man. He's a gamer, yeah. and they and they need that switch flip because McCall he's going to be out. Um, I heard four to six weeks, which you know uh, that's you look at Halloween. Yeah, hopefully having back for Mississippi State, if not Tennessee, probably Tennessee is is what you're looking at, especially with a bigger guy. I think it's an ankle. Uh, right. So, you know, but you, you got to roll high on those guys in the middle to make like that. That's that even though they are going to get a ton of the tackles, they did their part in what the other guys make plays. Um, there was a lot of good push in the line of scrimmage like Kentucky for playing two redshirt freshmen for the majority of the game. It knows they did not get pushed around whatsoever by that Florida front whatsoever that, at all. That Florida center had a rough day. Yeah, they, they 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 had it was a long night for him. And you know, to go back to Williams quickly too, like that can be that's an important spot. And Devontae Robinson, he made, you know, a nice little tackle for a loss. And to be able to spell him, um, I, I noticed that they matched up a lot with him just to have some guy that you're confident in. I mean, it, that that tells me a lot that they're more confident in Williams' athletic ability if he's out there matching up one on one on third down um versus Robinson. So that tells me a lot about what they think yeah. about him as a player. And I, I hadn't, I had not even factored him into this equation at all. Like it. Yeah. I hadn't either. Um, but to me, I'd like, I saw it and then I just kind of went back. Like if you go back and watch Joe Williams high school tape, it's one of the best I've seen. Um, now I've been doing this job a long time, but like he looked like he, like I said, it when he looks like a legit, his tape looks like a legitimate top 50 to 100 prospect. Like, like that guy was a dude in high school. He's playing in good, like it's a good league. Down and he there, ain't, yeah, he's not playing bums. Right, right. Uh, so like he's got it all. I think it was all with him. It was you know upstairs and just you know getting your stuff together, becoming more of a student of the game type thing. But yeah, I, I think he can be long term. He can be a big time difference maker. I think on defense. And so seeing him out there, um, and he held up. And they isolated him one time. They made a catch, but it was like just a great throw and catch. It was good coverage. So I think that was good to see. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's reasons to get excited about the defense in the future. Khalil Saunders um, looks like Ox is back up now. Yeah, which and hilarious he, quote from Stoops, too. It's like, yeah, well, he looked like he was going up against some quality competition. <laughs> 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 but I, I think for Saunders, too, I think he's just got some nastiness that Abule, you know, just not there. He's got the physicality, but just. Um, Abule, I mean, it is what it is. You know, if, if the some flip, point, switch ain't flipped by now. You got some younger guys there with some promise at the position. Yeah, Ro- roll them out. Roll them out there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, is I think Ox was, had been better than him in games this year. So he kind of, and I think Ox has played well in his two starts. So yeah, I mean, defense though, like just it. A couple weeks ago, we were just like, I don't know about this defense. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got and Florida's got the ball in the nine yard line for seven plays and can't score. Like you know, is, Florida ran for. Daggum, almost 300 yards against Alabama, and they just – Kentucky was just I mean, all on them. And so – Crazy. And now getting into next week, I'm – like this week, I'm excited to see them because LSU cannot run the football. Now, Ed Orgeron came out in his practice – or press conference. We were going to commit to running the, running the ball this week. We reestablished the last scrimmage. That's but not, uh, that was my horrible – That is the worst 
Coach O impression I've ever heard. I thought I could do better than that. Everybody can do a Coach O, but except for Adam Luckett. He's the only one that can do a Coach O. There, you got it better. Come on, dude. That's easy. Gosh. So, like, they're going to try to do that, but I just don't don't see that happening. Um, But LSU can pass the ball, uh, specifically deep. Max Johnson leads the SEC in 20, 30, and 40-yard completions. I mean, the lefty, too, it just looks good. Like, it looks weird coming out. Can no I, let's let's just do a dumb mental exercise of good left-handed SEC quarterbacks. Of course, Jared Lorenzen, but like, can we? David can we, Green, Georgia. I was, was going to say, I, I remember Green from Georgia. Did Ole Miss have one? I don't remember them having one. I, um, Clausen's brother at Tennessee was a Jimmy? lefty. Was it Jimmy no, Rick, or his younger brother. Or his old, it's like Eric. only if his younger, older, but he no, was lefty. Gosh, I because like the it's shot. I mean, Tua, I guess, yeah, that yeah, they're just so rare and it looks so different back there. And Jared, because, Jared, right? But like, it, that's what I mean. Like, there's not a ton, and I guess we just see them as such gunslingers because if you're a big guy, the ball it looks like you're stretched so far back. Like, because when Jared, Jared looked like he was throwing a baseball. He reached so far back to throw the yeah. football. And that's the kind of the same here with Johnson, whereas Tua was a very compact – Tua looked like a three-point shooter, the lefty three-point shooters, which those guys uh, – Well, you, Tua was – like he was an RPO machine. I mean, RPO slant. Like, he just got that ball out in, like, in a, a in second. A, and it was like – it hit the guy in stride almost every time. Yeah. And – He was, like, made for to run that RPO slant play. And Max Johnson, meanwhile, is uh, long, just letting it rip. Uh, long and skinny yeah 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 his uh the son of brad which will be brought up a lot i'm not a tiktok guy uh i refuse to get on there but apparently brad johnson is quite the tiktok star his name's like trick shot trick shot artist yeah and his name on there is like brad and then like seven digits i I don't know if it's like his telephone number or what he decided to put in there uh but that's just his retired life is illuminati and (laughs) and doing trick shots I was a big Max Johnson fan when he came in to the foggy swamp and got a win last year, but now I want him to just throw the ball to the Kentucky defense um, because big plays for him are really LSU's best chance at winning this game. Him to Butte, which Butte is very good. There's no doubt. There's no doubt Um, about him. And uh, according to that LSU homer call, He's the best wide receiver in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, that's what the, the country. Or the country. Oh, yeah. I got and it. I said, he's pretty good. I don't know about all of that. Uh, but LSU is 12th in yards per play offense in the SEC, despite all of this big play production. So they have they have labored to move the football. Like, they shouldn't have beat Mississippi State. They hit on, like, four big pass plays, and oh, that's why they won that game. One of them was hilarious, too, where two Mississippi State guys just, like, cleaned each other's clocks, ran into right. each other. And Mississippi State, I think, had a lot of turnovers in that game, too. Mm-hmm. But since since Brad White has been – yeah, they were off on the red zone. Yeah. Um, they had a couple of misfill miss goals, I think. Mississippi State should have won that game. They were better. Since Brad White has been here, Kentucky's just been a masters at big play prevention to this point. Mm-hmm. Last year they got beat up a little bit, but it was by, like, top ten passing teams, you know, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama. Um, but when they're not facing that kind of caliber, they keep they do a great job of keeping everything in front and not giving up big plays. And if they take this away from LSU, it's just going to be really, really hard for them in this game. Like, I think it's a very good matchup for Kentucky. Um, LSU's run numbers in the Power 5 games defensively are really bad. Auburn, UCLA, and Mississippi, even Mississippi State. Had a lot of success running the ball against them. They averaged what fifty yards a game on the ground. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And so, I just think it's going to be a tough matchup for them. I think Kentucky's going to be really able to run the ball. Um, when for Kentucky, when you're looking at it, what the really um, defensively, when you when you're Kentucky's on defense, really what they don't want to see is kind of like just a locked-in, accurate, precision-based quarterback, kind of similar to Connor Bates-like that can just dink and dunk with ease down the field. Yeah, that's why that Mississippi State game kind of terrifies That's me. why that's a scary <laughs> game. That's a scary game. Yeah. And, and then defensively, you want to 
if you can establish the run, if the team is weak in run defense, you're going to, I think they're going to have, that's a good matchup for Kentucky. That's why Mississippi state, that's going to be, that's a scary matchup. Yeah. Um, they're on October 30th. Uh, Zach Charbonnet averaged 10 yards a carry against UCLA. Yeah. Just um, in the three power five games, they're, they're giving up a rushing success rate of 58%, um, which I don't even think Kentucky's hit that number in a game yet this season. Um, and Kentucky's been really very successful rushing the ball. That's how bad their run defense has been and, against UCLA, Auburn, and Mississippi State. And, and what's in, I, I'm glad you kind of set the table there because the thing that I think it worries you as a Kentucky fan is you're going to see another team that's going to play a lot of press. Um, they're going to try to be aggressive. And they have those guys out there that, I mean, I doubt Derek Stingley plays. Uh, he's quote unquote injured, you know. Yeah. Like, so you at least have him off the field. But Eli Ricks, Jay Ward, the former UK commit, like they have some dudes out there. They're going to be able to cover, and it's going to be hard for UK to get open. But it gets yeah, a little I mean, bit easier if you can put Will Levis in manageable situations where if all hell breaks loose on third and two and they're in man, then he should be able to take off and get eight yards. Yeah. Really, the best thing they do is kind of rush the passer. Um, but if you don't put them in, all these passing downs, you're going to have some success running the football. Um, and they're going to have to play both. They can't just pin their ears back. So I think it's a good matchup for Kentucky on that end. Um, and then like we talked about defensively, just take away the big play. Like, Nick, Kayshawn Butte is only a true sophomore. Um, and their next top three receivers after him are all true freshmen. True. Young. So they're just young on offense. Their best running back to this point in the season has been a true freshman. True sophomore, too. Max Johnson's a true sophomore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Um, They're even got some young guys on the offensive line they're they're beginning to work in. Um, So, like, this is a, like, LSU feels a year away on offense. This just feels like a growing pain year. Mm -hmm. And then next year, they should be a bear to deal with. Um, Billy Napier might be walking into something. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we (laughs) go. And so, like, that's how that's what I see now. I haven't dug super deep into their defense yet. Um, Damone Clark at linebacker is playing at an all SEC level, he's been awesome. But after that, like, they just the numbers aren't great. Like, situationally, they've been really bad, and that's probably the weakest part of their defense. Third down, red zone have not been good. And Kentucky quietly has a top 25 red zone offense, touchdown rate wise. And last year, that was in the hundreds. That was one of the worst parts about the offense. Like, that's quietly been a pretty strong development. I would think defensively it's got to be up there as well, too, because – no, Well, it's not because before the Florida game, they really ain't got any stops in the red zone. They're, Kentucky's guess, down like the 70s or I guess the or South Carolina game, they didn't get it. They got the stops before they got to the red zone. Right. Um, so, it was good scoring opportunity defense, just a little bit outside of it. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Billy Napier because – all right, look, it, it, we, you've been sniffing around this Gene Chizik kind of sit, I think even in the preseason. Uh, there's a lot that's been going on off the field there. This is a – do we think Coach O is best backed in a corner or do we think that the corner of the building is about to fall in on top of him? Well, he's talking about bringing Steve Ensminger back this week. What? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Oh I mean, man, it, that's desperate. That's somebody desperate. A, somebody asked him at the press conference, Nick, and it felt like a question that was asked because that was kind of like a source. People sources yeah. behind the scenes were talking about it. They knew it, and he they just needed O to confirm it, kind of deal. Yeah, and he talked about it. He said, "Yeah, that's like kind of a good idea. It's something we've talked about." Man, and that's not bringing Eddie Grand back to be a quality control guy either. Like that's a it's a much different kind of move. Yeah. Um. You can tell Orgeron's a little – new offensive coordinator, Jake Peets, I think he's a little frustrated with him. Um, there's been issues, like, with them getting the plays in or whatever and changing the plays at the line. And Orgeron pretty much told him this week not to audible, which always sounds like a winning strategy. But also, how are you going to be able to do it in the crowd? Is this – I guess they did it at Mississippi State, and you got to deal with the Cowbells. Now, that was a noon game. The crowd was thin there. I was watching. It was – I had Mississippi State. The bastards had the back door open, didn't walk in. Um, but yeah, uh, this is going to be a different crowd. It's night. Um, I would imagine Kentucky. I don't know if it's going to be the unhinged factor it was last week, but, but it's, it's going to be, be pumped. Yeah. yeah. The only thing about this is Ed Orgeron, as a road underdog, has been really good at LSU. 
seven and zero against the spread with five straight up wins, and they're catching points this week here at Kroger Field. So that's kind of that's that makes you worry. But all signs point to like an implosion's coming there. And then when you look at their schedule, oh, it's good, Nick. It's not getting any easier. They're gonna they're this. gonna have to play like five top twenty teams in a row um, at Kentucky. Then they're home at Florida for a 11 a.m. local kickoff at Ole Miss by at Alabama, Arkansas at home. Yeah. Uh, so like, I mean, they're in, they're in a, this, if they lose to Ole Miss, like the perfect spot to fire him, if they wanted to, would be the, they got by Halloween weekend um, before they play Bama or maybe let him just get slaughtered by Bama and then hire somebody else to, for the last three games. <laughs> But I mean, like they're with that loss to Auburn, they they're potentially looking at five or six losses in a row down the barrel, and they're going to be dogs in all these games right now. Maybe Arkansas at home they would get they would be favored, but all these other games are going to be dogs in. Man, has a chance to become unraveled. Kentucky they could do to Coach O what they did to Steve Spurrier. Uh, a few weeks ago, and you can make some money on it by playing some of our picks. We got some some money line winners. We didn't have – I don't think we had any winners last week like it. But you can get all of the winners each week by playing with our friends at Prize Picks. There's not a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing a little daily fantasy with Prize Picks. You can also bet uh, the the player props over – under yard totals this is it goes for college and pro uh so whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan just want to get a little excitement and prize pick is the perfect game for you just like two to five players and pick over unders pretty pretty simple so go ahead download the prize picks app today at prizepicks.com or go to the app store use the promo code personnel to get an instant 100% bonus on up to $100 on your first deposit. So use that promo code personnel and win big with our friends at prize picks. And uh, man, I, I should have gone in on the money line with our good friends from the Nevada Wolfpack. Cause they took care yep. of business against Boise. Really? Really, it, it was. I will say though, it was a split year for our Mountain West teams because I, I I felt like I kind of co-opted Fresno when you mentioned them. They've been really good against the spread, but they went and turned it over seventeen times against Hawaii. Back to your point, um, Orgeron's twenty-three and thirteen without Joe Burrow. Oh, twenty-five and three with him. Is Joe Burrow walking through that door? I don't think so. You know who is walking through that door? You want to talk about the crowd coming unhinged? Stevie Johnson's coming back, and I think Dickie Lyons Jr. is too. He kind of made a reference about Dickie Lyons calling him to get him back there. You get both mm -hmm. of those guys back. You show Craig Stelzer getting his face knocked off. You show Stevie Johnson putting up yeah. the birds. Like, that's that's better than Waka Flocka. You play that going in the fourth quarter, that is going to be nutty. Absolutely nutty. So, yeah. I For this do, game, I think um, before we get to our picks here or talk about the card this week, like Kentucky, I think it's really important. Just don't fall behind early. Yeah. Because if you fall behind early, LSU gets some big plays. Then that can force you to get pass heavy, and that's not where Kentucky wants to be, especially well, and, in this matchup. And especially to the unhinged unraveling factor, you punch them in the mouth early. Like how many counter punches yeah. does LSU have yeah. left in its tank? They that, that one against Florida last year, that was a big one. And a guy who played a big part in it, it's Dare Rosenthal. And they're really the, missing him, right? He's on the other sideline now. They could use him. I'm sure he's going to take it personally. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be getting some boss man fat tweets during the game. Um, so I, uh, man, you you land a quick ball early. You get back to that offense that's fast starting. Uh, if you notice, Stoops deferred Florida game after receiving the first few, and they scored on three of the first four possessions. I'm wondering if they would. I'm wondering take if, the he ball. Would, if he would go back to it and take the ball in this game. If they feel a we'll little see. bit better in that matchup. Yeah, and also feels because of their pass game, um, they might. there's going to be some sack opportunities. Uh, I thought yeah. Jordan Wright won on a few pass rush reps. Um, so he's close, I think, to making some big plays. Um, Weaver's obviously been a weapon there. And then we saw some stuff, I even think, from Justin Rogers. And, like, in this matchup, Nick, 
Like not having Marquand is going to really, really hurt against Georgia when they're coming straight down the chimney at you and you need to hold up against a big um, physical offensive line. But in this matchup, it's going to be more about getting a pass rush. And so yeah. having Rodgers yeah. in there, I think. Um, Isn't a huge drop-off. Yeah. And he's got well, – got... well, I think it might be, you know, if you're – if we get in the game where LSU passes 46 times and they only run it 18 or whatever, like having Rodgers in there is kind of a, a little bit – it's a pass rush upgrade. And if 70% of the snaps are pass, you know, passing, I think he can he can have an impact this game. Yeah, and I think there was a little worry. Like, all right, Rodgers, where are you at? And when his number yeah. got called, he showed up. He, he certainly yeah. did. And the Good thing, too, that we don't – it goes back to, to perception on how the game's played. I mean, Kentucky had zero sacks. The second game they've had zero sacks in the year, but they at least affected the quarterback. That's the word that Stoops likes to use. It's much more open-ended and not like specific because, you know, they had that one. Emory Jones made a couple of great plays just getting rid of the football. Uh, but you count those as a win for the D-line yeah. in the pass rush. Well, they were going to have a sack there at the end. That face mask was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. If really Ox was. just grabs him about five inches shorter, he's sacked right there. No, no. And, you know, and it, and it, and it wasn't egregious. Feet. You know, he wasn't – Goal from the 15. It wasn't a malicious – It was an yeah. effort. It oh, just kind of – he just caught the bottom of the yeah. – bottom row of the face mask. Yeah. So, it's – uh, so, I, I it is it is funny, though, how a few weeks can change things. I like it. Like, this defense it's now – that's that's the season. I mean, that's kind of how football is. Oh, man, kind of, I love it. It's so like, stupid. I love it. Because one game a week and the overreactions are crazy. You really don't – like, you got to get to five, six games before you really know about a team. And even then, the stuff can change. Um, but, like, Kentucky, like you're just seeing, they got a bunch of seniors and they've recruited that defensive line position well. Um, so, you're starting to see all that come together. And now, offensively, after the hot start, they're kind of – they're sputtering a little bit. So, they got to figure stuff out there. Um, and I hated that they missed that, that they had the extra point block because I really wanted to get on here and say, are we good? Where are y'all at on the special teams coordinator now? Where, where are y'all at? But then well, I couldn't and do because he missed the extra point. Th- that was another one too, that like in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, oh, please don't hunt us extra point. Please don't hunt us extra point when, yeah. I mean, I guess in reality it, it didn't hurt, but what, when they had that third and or fourth and one or two, and they were going to go for it, and then they get the false start. If it's an eleven point game, Mullen probably still goes for it, right? Or does he still kick a field goal? He probably still kicks a field goal because you can get the there's kicked a field goal. Um, he got a little greedy, and then they jump off sides. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because he goes for it there, he's going to waste a minute trying to score, at least. And you're, you're getting to the point where you need two scores, so you're better off getting the score as fast as possible as you can there. Right, if right. You, you know, they're going to waste two minutes, you know, there. And Kentucky's going to get, you know, you might not get the ball back with a minute left. Um, you still only need a field goal, I guess, so it's not that big a deal. But the, the move there is to take the point. So um, it ended up working out that way. But it was an interesting ride getting there. All right, well, okay. I'm, I want to ask you – so I think we're all feeling pretty good about this game on Saturday. I, ultimately, the intangibles probably matter more than the physical ones in this game, whereas Kentucky really should win this game. But is there a hangover factor from the Florida win, and where's LSU at? Like that, Mentally, the intangibles probably matter more than anything. To me, the physical, like what kind of shape are they in? Um, they were banged up a lot in that Florida game. Um you know, McCall's out. Fortner looks like he just took a punch from Lennox Lewis. <laughs> I met Lennox Lewis at the Derby. He Big was uh, one year I was doing security detail. I got grounded for the Derby, so I, I worked it. <laughs> Which you know, that's a story to tell. Another story, man. That, that's a uh, yeah. You, you ain't kidding. Uh, that's also like the most South End cruel and usual punishment. Grounded for Derby. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lennox Lewis, enormous human. I mean, I'm a big guy. I was 16, but I was still like 6'5. Dude's like 6'9 with the big hair, the big chest, enormous human being. Um, I would not want to take a punch from him. Luke Fortner looks like he did. I wonder what his eyes looking like today. 
Because you figure day, two days after is probably the biggest. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, uh, black and purple there for a couple weeks. Mm, gnarly, gnarly. Um, but I, I interrupted you. But, yes, physically, there's some dudes that are banged up. And Stoops is keeping it as tight left as possible. But I can guarantee you that there's going to be one or two guys outside of Mark Juan McCall that ain't playing on Saturday that we don't know about yet. We'll probably find out eventually, but we don't know about it yet. Right. And so you like just how, hope that they aren't the impact guys. So how banged up is Kentucky? And then LSU just – they're playing a lot of young guys. Um, so I don't think there's going to be maybe a huge quit factor in them because they're, they're, they're still young. Those guys want to play. Mm-hmm. And Ordron's been good in the spot. Like we talked about, 7-0 and as a road dog against the spread. But since that UCLA loss, it felt like they were just one tough defeat away from things crumbling. You kind of saw that in his press conference this week. Um, so we'll, I could see that playing out, but I also could see them, you know, putting it together here because it's still only October 9th. It's true. And so we'll see. I think Kentucky's the better team. I think it's a good matchup for Kentucky. As long as Kentucky doesn't fall in a hole early and, like we said, avoid – you know, big turnover margin problems and special teams catastrophe, but they still haven't won the turnover margin in a game yet. They split it against Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the block kick doesn't count as a turnover. Um, so because that was the other big play that right. It, it doesn't count as a turnover, but it, it it serves as the equalizer. And LSU, I think, is minus two on the year. They haven't forced a lot of takeaways, so go out and win the turnover margin, and they should Kentucky should be in great shape. Um, but I think they're better. I think. LSU plays in their hands a little bit when the Tigers are on offense. And I think Kentucky's offense could have their way running the ball against LSU, and that could open up things in the passing game. And I'd like to see Cohen get a little creative in the run game this week with some stuff with Levis, jet sweeps with Robinson, or other ways to get Robinson the ball in the run game, maybe getting McClain some touches. I think that could be the ticket this week. Um, Should be a crazy atmosphere. It's a huge spot, you know, because of what – if you win this one, then next week is just bananas. Yeah, you know, banana land. Got the – Right. Um, so, we'll we'll see. But I think Kentucky's going to have a great chance. Uh, man, it's, it's an exciting time in the bluegrass. Um, and once again, it's an exciting time to make some money. Yep. Uh, time for money line picks. I gotta say though, look at your PT's picks, buddy. <laughs> at this point, I just you know I'm, I'm gonna mean, start like, picking the opposite. I, you you really have to. So for those who don't listen to my radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, you should. Uh, look, it's gonna be hopping on with us some this week because TJ's got a new little baby girl, Lucy, that came into the world this uh, yesterday. So congrats to the Walkers. But um, we do three picks every Friday. Luckett is now one in fifteen. Or one in fourteen, excuse 14. me. Went zero and three again. I just, I don't. It really I've is won this, I've won this, this the last two years, <laughs> comfortably, com- comfortably, like oh, man. by a good margin. And then, and you can't, you can't find a winner out there. Uh, that's been quite. A, I've never had a uh, cold streak like this. Even in the Luckett locks, I'm having a little bit better success, but not much. Um, it's been a. It's been tough. Now, well, that, that Notre Dame, that was tough. That was that was a tough one. They throw an interception in the end zone on the first drive. And then Desmond Ritter, the your old St. X Tiger, showed a little bit of poise there in the second half to kind of slow that comeback down. But, man, I think we're really – like you alluded to it earlier in the year with Ohio State. I think we're at the point with Georgia and Alabama. Just if we can get as few points as possible, just take it. Because they're gonna come. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they kind of exposed Ole Miss there. That was a big moment for I think for Alabama. Um, Ohio State's starting to get their act together a little bit. That was impressive what they did to Rutgers. Watching them moving forward is gonna be um, something to watch. But like, is Iowa the best? Is Iowa the best team not named? Uh, I don't think so because their offense is just so bad. You you can't. They're like plus fourteen in the turnover column. Like that's just not gonna last. But fifty one points though. Were they yeah, all, I think they, that Penn State. I, I think Penn State gets them this week. I think Penn State's pretty good. That's, um, that's but Nick, be like, a very popular pick. I'm gonna walk this. Kentucky wins Saturday. Okay, loses to Georgia, um, okay. but doesn't get blown out. Let's say it's like twenty-eight to ten. 
something like that. 17-13, just playing in the mud. Whatever. Kentucky wins out. They're 11-1. and one. They would have a hell of a case for that number four spot. Just putting that out there. They would. I mean, they really got a case. All right, and here's the thing, too. I know my answer. Would you rather be fourth playoff team or would you rather? Oh, you know my answer. Yeah. Sugar Screw Bowl. Screw the playoff. Orleans. I want to like, take me to Sugar Bowl. Let's play Oklahoma or something. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 want, I want New Orleans, too. I want it bad. And not just because of New Orleans. But it's also getting that – being in the playoff does – like there's only – how many teams outside of the big three can say that? Like Michigan State? I mean mm-hmm. – you know, not many can say that. So Oregon that would become year. an exclusive club, especially if expansion is on the horizon. You could really that that does a lot for your program. Uh, a recruiting tool for sure. No doubt. But from a just from a fun, we're gonna go play in this big bowl game. Let's get like I I would have much more fun playing a a, a winnable game. I mean, like come on, you're the fourth seed against Alabama or Georgia. You know, whoever that is. Like it's a tall task. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have to replay Georgia again, because I could see that scenario happening. Like that would suck. Yeah, that would yeah. suck really bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Give me. Yeah, I would rather go. But they, I think I don't think that's going to happen. But I, that's all. That scenario is on the tape. Like it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's all I'm. All it's all I'm putting out there. Also, uh, Georgia went down to fourteen and a half against Auburn. So we're eagle at home. Yeah. So Nick, this week. I have to fade Tennessee. Oh, after that, love it. So South Carolina, that line's moved a lot. It's down to ten and a half plus three twenty. Give me the Gamecocks. Shane Beamer, figure out a way to get it done, bro. I think I'm going to play the under in this game. Under fifty five will be one of my plays. Um, but give me like that Tennessee game. That was kind of a fraud. South Carolina, they're not going to they're going to play them a lot smarter than Missouri did. Um, and I think they can keep it close. So give me the Gamecocks plus three twenty money line, um, but that's going to be an under. I'm probably going to play this week. I uh, this one's a little irresistible, and I don't like the spot because I think they've already faced enough embarrassment. But I think the wheels are coming off the Graham Mertz train. Wisconsin is going yeah. to Illinois in the Burt Bowl. They're, they're, they've gotten two more. It opened at eight. It's up to 10. Mm-hmm. I think the old fighting Illini can get it done. Like, Wisconsin doesn't do anything that's too much for Illinois to handle. So. Illinois plus 310. I like that. I like them getting points at home. Yeah. Um, too. They've already covered twice as a home dog this year, Nebraska and Maryland. Anyway, they're off. It's, it's, they're all like that. That game, it feels like 13 to 10. I hope the wind <laughs> yeah. is like 30 miles an hour. No, oh, yeah. The, f- 42 and a half is 20 points too many, you know, like that. Th- this is going to be an ugly ass game. <laughs> like, yeah. Is it, yeah, this is one of those that they should play it at Northwestern's field with a real tall grass, just because that's what it's going to look like. You know, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to feel like yeah. between Northwestern. There's never been, I don't, you, you made this point when we were keeping up with Purdue and they blew it to with Minnesota, never been a sunny day for a game in West Lafayette or Evanston. You know, it's always gloomy, cloudy skies. For some reason, it gets it does get a little sun and champagne, but it's it's really going to be shining uh, Saturday night when they they take down uh, Burt's old mm-hmm. old batters. Yeah. And I, I don't like love the card this week. Um, bye weeks are starting to pop up, so it's a little thin. A lot of these matchups are just like eh, I don't know about this. Man, you know what game's going to be crazy. It's Virginia Louisville. That game's gonna yeah, like who knows out. what the hell is gonna happen. Yeah, that's that'll be a fun it's big game for Satterfield. Yeah. Because all of a sudden they could be three and three, one and two in the ACC. Um, but they're gonna be fine because the ACC is so bad. There's gonna be every game you can win. Um Arkansas Ole Miss, both teams just coming off of beatdowns. Yeah, yeah. Who so knows? That, that'll be a fun nooner there to start the day. South Carolina, Tennessee. We got the I'm I'm a huge fan of Red River, so Oklahoma, Texas is always fun. Yeah, and so there, I mean, there's some I moments, don't know but it's to, just not a great it's not a great card. UConn, UMass. I really just like following UConn yeah, around. I, I kind of just want to do. You, would you rather lay the points with UConn because that's the only time you're going to be able to lay the points with them, <laughs> or or uh, get it, give UMass get UMass as a small home dog. Oh man, I think you have to with UConn because they were sniffing that. I might win do a week over ago. over fifty five in that game. 
Oh, God. Going to score some points. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I mean, yeah. I, I, and the thing is, too, is as much as I liked the card last week, it was one of my worst weeks in a while. Because That's usually how it works out. Favorites. I'm, that's what I'm banking on this week. Hate the cards, so I'll do well. pick some right games. Hey, you're due, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, and uh, – I keep I saying I can't get any lower, but it keeps getting lower. Uh, this is so now. I'm gonna let's see if I can lose out. This is semi-related to college football, but um, Urban Meyer's done, right? Like, yeah, there's some scuttlebutt going on this Tuesday morning. Man, not flying back with the team. A lot of weird vibes there. The thing. Hmm. I don't know, like the, the not flying back with the team. I don't think it's a huge deal because it's like a it's almost like a bye week, so everybody's kind of. Doing their, own, their thing. own way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that's like a huge, you know, deal. Yeah. But, I just like that. They were like, we've tried to figure out other times that coaches didn't fly back with the team. And it was like Bill Parcells losing the Super Bowl and never coaching the Patriots again. <laughs> you know, like uh, th- there's not exactly a large sample size. It is extenuating circumstances, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I just, I want Josh Allen to be in a good spot and urban Meyer just, what a fool. What a fool. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do. Oh, you know. Promote Charlie be... Strong. Make Charlie Strong the interim. There we go. That'll be fun. Make football Charlie again. Um, the Notre Dame-Virginia Tech game should be a good one Saturday night. Home dog, yeah. Virginia Tech, Lane Stadium. Uh, two offenses that are kind of struggling. Yeah. It'll be a slugfest. Yeah. That could be Defenses fun. have kind of had a resurgence this year. Um, I think a lot of it's due to like, – kind of as a sport, the quarter, the quarterback position is kind of taking a step back. Yeah. And also last year you were going to expect some COVID setbacks because teams weren't tackling and the preseason, like the, the way that you prepared for the season was just off. Um, yeah. So I, I think that played a part in it as well. And, and when we come into the season, you've got Spencer Rattler as the preseason Heisman favorite. Like you're going that, that's not going to happen. Okay. Spencer Rattler will end up being a fine quarterback, but this is what his first year starting in his second season of football in college. That sounds right. Like that dude. Uh, sec- yeah, second season. Yeah. Man. Game could get a little weird. A little weird. Unfortunately, AM's off the handle. That game, Alabama's already up to 17 and a half point favorites. Yeah. AM, they just don't have a quarterback. I mean, they don't have, you know, the quarterback kind of big. They got everything else. Like this year for AM, like I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Like, if they're going to get a quarterback next year, they're going to be fine because their roster is loaded. And the thing, thing for LSU, like, they could be back next year ready to roll because uh, mm-hmm. they do have talent on the roster. They just might need a change there. But Dan Mullen's starting to feel some heat now. Florida fans are very mad. They were That's so mad. most fun thing for me the first five weeks is just these, these three SEC fan bases – have just lost their mind after losing to Kentucky. <laughs> Every each one, and it's each gotten progressively worse. Like right, Missouri right. was like this. I can't believe we lost. How can we not be Kentucky? South Carolina's like, you know, they had it teed up. It was a big game. How can we not be Kentucky? And now, you know, now you do it to Mullen, and now they're oh. they're throwing out the records. Well, Mullen's only two and two against Kentucky after <laughs> thirty in a row. Woo! I love that. Even Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain, and those, those takes are so bad because they're such in like a. It's not the same. Like Jim McElwain wasn't facing this Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. facing but this that, Kentucky. That, I, that was my favorite message board post of all of them all. Like that was that one was incredible. The he's a, he, he's no Spurrier Urban. He's yeah. McElwain. Kentucky's the same. Like Kentucky's the same team every year. Yeah, you know <laughs> they're the same team. Beat them. But a talk before the game was like they wanted this game. They were Florida fans are upset that these games have been so close. Yeah, too close for their liking. Yeah. And then Kentucky That's goes Florida for you. Him. Man, those arrogant SOBs. You'll love to beat them down. That that field goal block, that's going to be yeah. one we're not going to forget like, anytime soon. The big J.J. Weaver pick. Yeah. Just what an unforgettable game that yeah, it was, fans uh, it really was, just – they deserve that one. They really It was did. a scene. And I'm happy for everybody, you know, people that have been going to these games a long time, fans. Uh, that's why you go – that's why you buy season tickets every year for moments like that. And when you talked about when the schedule – came out like two years ago like this is the this is a season ticket holder's dream 
Oh, you, know, man. you get a good, you have a good Kentucky team, and you're getting all these big name teams at home. And the schedule should have Louisville on it. Yeah, um, yeah. If it wasn't for COVID, right? And so, like, it's and it's already playing out as you know as good as you can get it to this point. They're still winning four and zero in one possession games. You would like to win a game by you know they by more than that. And it feels like they still haven't put it all together either. Um, and maybe that maybe that that game comes today where offense defense they all they both put it together and maybe issue a statement to LSU I think it's a matchup that that leans Kentucky's way and I think that could happen if the, the bounces come man let's get the ball to keep bouncing Kentucky's way let's run the damn ball and take care of business man six and oh would just be mwah, magnifico you really tee up that Georgia game to be another enormous game against the dogs where hey anything can happen anything can happen uh, Coach O it was fun watching you win a national title it's going to be even more fun to watch you lose at the Kroger let's get a two game win streak against the Tigers going like it at the Kroger field I think it can happen I think Man. it can happen let's make it happen thank you all so much for listening to this week's 11 personnel enjoy Saturday night at the Kroger We'll be back here next week with more 11 personnel. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.